You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review Senior Editor Daniel Horowitz. And along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. And welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. In the House, late on Thursday, June 15th, 2017. Um, As you could tell, I still sound a little off kilter, but thank God I am feeling a lot better. You know, you guys turn into the conservative conscience. I know broadly a lot of stuff we have at CR and certainly my writings. Some of you have followed me for years. Some of you are are recent uh, fans of our work. You all come here because you know you're going to get a perspective that you're not going to hear elsewhere. You could turn on talk radio and you could hear the talking points of the day. There are some good talk radio shows, but by and large, many of them have become really rusty. Um, You know, kind of like color war chants. (laughs) And in many ways, our body politic has become like the Hatfields and the McCoys. I remember a while back reading... Uh, I don't know if it was a book or one of the films on the Hatfield and and the McCoys, the the few that they had in the 1800s, where basically someone asked one of the kids what they're fighting about, and they didn't know. They just said, we have to fight them. And they forgot what they were fighting over. And and that's what the Republicans and Democrats remind me of and, and the two sides. There's so much acrimony. There's so much viciousness. That's in the news about you know this entire week. Obviously, now with the shooting and and the you know hopefully just an injury of of Steve Scalise, the congressman from Louisiana, GOP whip. We're all talking about the climate and the environment, the political environment, and how toxic it is. But the irony is, over what are we fighting for? It's a little bit hard for me to be so focused on this and 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 share w- with the feigned outrage. Oh, this is the environment that the Democrats and the media allow to fester that have led to the deaths, to to, to shootings, um, and and do back to the left what they do to us, what they did to us during the Obama years when they didn't like our opposition to Obama. And again, not that I'm comparing it. The violence is definitely a lot more on the left. It's more prevalent. It's more extreme. The stuff they say. I have a hard time getting involved in this when every hour I see major policies where Tillerson is just like Harry. We're we're being sold out on Obamacare. Isn't that why we have this big fight? Why do we hate each other? Well, over a lot of things, supposedly, but probably the biggest issue is Obamacare. Republicans are keeping Obamacare. So we're sitting and supposedly killing each other over, over what? Which is why I'm going to continue focusing on the issues. It's the debt ceiling. It's the budget. It's the wall. Where's the wall? Where's Obamacare repeal? Where's the cool down in immigration? Where's the reforming of the courts? I have a lot of new information on the courts. Getting us sucked into funding the Saudis and then funding Qatar at the same time. We have an article showing that hypocrisy. And then what about actually having pro-gun legislation? 
I mean, if we're going to talk about the Alexandria shooting all day, and, and again, I'm not saying it's not important, but I mean, what are we supposed to do with that? We're like a battle landscape where we're so ticked off, we're going to go pull out our guns and shoot at the birds. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're doing. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's pretty repugnant what the left says. But what's the policy outcome? Do we want to shut them down? Do we want to fuel momentum towards chilling First Amendment speech? I, I mean, this started out as kind of a rhetorical jujitsu. Ju- hey, you Democrats did this. Uh, you know, when we were, you know, with, with the obviously the Gabby Gifford shooting and other things, you blamed it on the right. Well, should we blame it on you? But now we're actually blaming it on them with a serious face. And again, yes, there's more violence on the left. Yes, the Tea Party, despite what the left says, was not violent. Um, but it's still not like Islam. I mean, it's not embedded in you can't blame it on on all liberals like that. Um, this this was a one time thing. I like I've said a- after every one of these shootings in a country of 325 million, you're going to have a couple people do a couple crazy things, and that's going to be a big deal. And the left wanted to say, this means we need to get rid of guns. So now we're going to say, oh, this is due to the left wing, uh, you know, culture of violence. And we're going to do back to them. I I could do that all day, but you want to know something? You want to know the best way to fight back against this budding violence on 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 the left? Actually give them something to be violent over. Win. We were supposed to be tired of winning by now. Let's actually win. Stop whining and win. Oh, woe is to us. This really needs to stop. Well, they're not going to stop. We need to stop running against the media. I know they're repugnant. But actually win. Put points on the board. I'm as hardcore as anyone in wanting to fight back against them. I'm not one of these saying, well, we need to all tone down the rhetoric. No, the opposite. I'm saying, I mean, my rhetoric is pretty hardcore, although I will say it's rooted in issues and facts and principles. And I think that's some of the secret sauce here, which I want to want to get to. Um, you know, I don't want the left saying, blaming it on us. And I, I'm, I'm just saying, it's true. It's all true. It's true that there's more violence on the left, but it's also true that you could have someone theoretically on the so-called right that could pass around some of our articles and use that to justify what they're doing. Does it mean we're wrong? No. The left is wrong because they're wrong, not because it leads to violence. I'm not going to blame them for it, broadly speaking. Maybe there's a couple of people that that have stepped over it. But I mean, that's what you're going to hear on talk radio all day. And meanwhile left-wing policy after left-wing policy that I can't get people to focus on because they're always focused on the politics. And I understand you're always going to have the politics and politics. But could we have a little bit of policy? Could we have a little bit of policy? So my point is, the best way to fight back against this is by actually defeating them, using the power we have to defeat them. Whining about the media all day is not going to get us points. The irony is Trump's approval is in the toilet. The Democrats are on their way to a massive victory in the midterm elections, which, by the way, will determine who gets the governorships and who gets redistricting. Although the courts really control that anyway. But I digress. So what's going to happen then? Then we're going to really be ticked off and we're going to have a lot of inflammatory rhetoric against what's thrown at us. Are we going to want the Democrats to shut us down? 
I'm just saying the an- the same way the answer isn't to, oh, this shows that we need to get rid of guns. This shows it's Democrat speech. Really? I mean, again, we could say, well, the Democrats did it, so we're going to do it. Look, there is nothing that you could point to. There's nothing you could find where I cannot come back and tell you the Democrats did it too. But is that how we're going to be run? Again, and I'm not, you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm as hardcore as they get. My Twitter handle for my original blog last decade was red meat conservative. You know, I'm, I'm for bare, bare knuckle fighting, but fighting over what? Over substance. And therein lies some of the problems. You know, everyone's saying the country is more polarized than ever. We're at civil war level, you know, acrimony here. First of all, some of it's overblown because, I mean, the 1800 election was pretty bad. The election of 1880 was pretty bad. Um, I, I think I think pound for pound, I don't think we're more polarized than ever. I think in nominal terms, we are more polarized than ever just simply because of mass social media, media communication, the just technology that everything is, is obsessed about. Everything is overblown. So, you know, and, and, and that's the problem. Everyone is at each other's throats over media narratives because it's not over substance. The irony is the parties are closer than ever on policy outcomes. If you look at what actually determines the direction of the country, the parties are, 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 are really closely aligned. The unibrow. But ironically, they're at each other's throats because when it's not about substance, it's going to, be about, it's going to become personal. So ironically, Trump's election has spawned the biggest hatred from the left ever. And therefore, people on the right are just about responding to the left. Right, rather than us driving the legislative narrative, the executive narrative, the judicial narrative, we're evidently focused on the media. We're, that, that's going to be our election campaign. So we're just reacting to them as if they're in power. Oh, well, Daniel, what do you mean? The media controls everything. Okay, well, I guess. But, but, but what's the answer? You're not going to get rid of them. Look, if I could snap my fingers and get rid of the media, pray to God that he got rid of them, I'd, that, that would be great. But they're staying, and we're not going to chill First Amendment speech. So what do we do? Pass the Taylor Force Act to cut off aid to the PLO. Put the Democrats on defense on that. That will divide their coalition. Submit the Iran deal. Resubmit it as a treaty to the Senate. Chuck Schumer, the leading Democrat, was forced to vote against it last time. Actually cut off refugees. Actually build the wall. Actually go ahead, and you want to know another response to the shooting, pass national right to reciprocity, where just like a driver's license, this is interstate commerce, every state has to recognize the gun permit of another state. Pass that tomorrow. It has 200 co-sponsors in the House. Why is that not? We should have passed that with all, in light of all the terrorism and all the concerns. That's a winning issue. Channel your anger. You know, it's funny. You want to fight back against the left. We're the ones that buy guns, so allow us to carry them. I can't carry a gun here in Maryland, which is really annoying. Channel it into something of substance. What's the point in bitching about the media all day? I'm sorry about that. I just, 
Usually I don't curse there, but it's just so, I'm just so annoyed complaining about them all day when they're on their way to winning anyway, and then we get nothing out of it. But anything to distract from when we could actually make a difference, when we could actually write the ship. And, and just to return to my original thought, again, so Trump's election has sparked an action reaction that has nothing to do with policy because the irony is this administration is more bipartisan than ever. The Treasury Secretary, Stephen Mnuchin, is a liberal, Democrat. Ross, the Commerce Secretary, he's a Democrat. Gary Cohn, the most important person on, on advising on domestic policy, Democrat. Dina Powell, the most important, important person advising on foreign policy, liberal. Maybe she's a Democrat too, I don't know. McMaster, National Security Advisor, head of the NFC, liberal. Mattis, he's so liberal, people don't realize, despite his badass quotes, but you know the conservative media will be focused on, oh, the lovely, the amazing quotes from Mattis, but the reality is on policy, he thinks Israel's an apartheid state. That's pretty hardcore territory. He wanted to hire all these carry people, and the DOD still does. Tillerson is horrible. He's so obsessed with the Palestinian peace process that he lied about the PLO agreeing to not fund, to give uh, pensions to the families of terrorists. But, you know, everyone forgot about that story. You obviously have Jared and Ivanka. I mean, aside from Sessions, there's almost not a single good person in this administration. What happened to that most conservative cabinet ever? Let's be hardcore. Let's fight back against the left. But let's fight back against them. You're not going to gain anything from fighting against the media while we don't accomplish anything. Make them really mad. Make them mad about substance. That's the answer. And then also, again, I'm not, I don't think there's going to be a utopia if everyone's principled, but if we were actually principled and consistent and intellectually honest, you know, everyone laments the days where, oh, you know, Reagan and, and Tip O'Neill would fight and then, uh, you know, go out and have a beer at the end of the day and what happened to those days? Well, part of it is because the disagreement was rooted more in, in substance. Reagan actually wanted to limit government. No one wants to do that anymore. So we're left with nothing but fighting back against stories. You know, and I, I get called to come on these talk radio programs to discuss certain things. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, this is an event. It's a fight. It's a tragedy. I mean, I'm, I'm a policy guy. What do you want me to tell you? Everyone has their hot takes. But again, the, the biggest hot take you could actually have from this, ironically, is to push for better gun laws. I mean, that's the way to fight back rather than I, I'm, I'm against left wing violence. I mean, OK, but what, what do you want to do about it? Well, Daniel, if we spend time talking on radio, maybe we'll get people to fight back against the media. Again, I'm not saying we shouldn't mention it at all, but I don't think we should become like the left. With the feigned outrage. This is what happens. Well, I mean, look, I mean, we want very rigorous. I mean, my stuff is very rigorous. I'm just saying you can't. This is one guy. I'm not making it equal. I, I will readily say the left has more uh, violence. There's no question about it. That's not the issue. The problem is, isn't so much their, their violence. It's their ideology. 
So how about we not freaking adopt their ideology as our own and then just fight to fight? Why don't we actually do something we believe in? So to me, uh, among all the other issues I wanted to talk about, and I don't know if I'm going to have time to get to, that we should be tackling. But guns is the, is the most logical outcome. I mean, you, you know, again, I, I hate when we take an isolated incident and we try to learn everything about it. This is reflective of this and this is reflective. But you know what you could easily learn just very logistically, what this is reflective of, is the need to have right to carry. Because what basically happened here is that you know you had a, you either have suicide missions where the guy is willing to go in the open and just shoot as much as he can until he gets mowed down, or someone who's not on a suicide mission. This guy clearly was not because he was taking cover. He was doing tactical shooting. So what happened here was that because Scalise's uh, security detail had guns and they were giving him return fire, he wasn't coming out in the open and it kind of slowed him down. And that gave time for everyone to, to jump for cover. Otherwise, you know, had, had Scalise's detail not been there, as everyone has noted, there could have been a massacre. You could have had 20 congressmen dead. No one had guns. Now, I know a lot of these guys, some of them are my friends. Um, they have uh, carry, carriers permits in their home states. Guess what? They can't carry in D.C. You pass that legislation tomorrow and get rid of the filibuster or exempt it for this. So put pressure on – and this is an issue that puts pressure on, on McCaskill, on Manchin, Tester, um, Heidkamp, a lot of Democrats that are up for re-election in red states, pro-gun states. Casey in uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is a big gun state. That to honor the permits in other states, they would have been able to carry. They could have mowed this guy down right away. Now, certainly if the guy comes out in the open, he might kill someone easily easier, but then he won't shoot more people because you could pop him right away. We're seeing this with all the terror cases. We need the right to carry to become universal, like, like the right to own. That's what we need. And, and that, is, that is the biggest thing we should be pushing right now. The bill is there. It has 200 co-sponsors. Instead of complaining and bellyaching about the violence of the left, Give them something to be violent about, except it's our guys that are going to have the guns. So the next time, God forbid, something like this happens, we'll have the guns. We'll be able to carry anywhere, anytime. And we need judicial reform to force the courts to use originalist jurisprudence to go with the Heller case and apply it to the right to carry. We could do that legislatively. So therefore, even people like me in a state like Maryland, where you can't get it in your home state, you can now carry. I don't hear anyone funny. And by the way, one other piece of news, and I want to tie this into the courts, and I think this is a good segue. We actually did win one court case on the right to carry in the D.C. district. We got lucky because it was the only conservative judge, and, and since then, he's retired. That gave us a favorable ruling said that you have to issue licenses to carry. Guess what? It's been a year since then. No, but I don't know too many people getting permits in D.C. You know, everyone's all scared. The congressmen are scared. The staffers are scared. Why aren't they listening to the courts? So, so th- this is something, I mean, we should be all over this, forcing the D.C. government to um, listen to the courts. 
And even without the courts, guess who controls the D.C. government? Congress. Congress should force this upon them. Demand it. You know, punish them with funding if they don't issue permits. This this is a perfect example. I mean, I actually think you could force states to do it too. If states are forced to do everything, they're forced to to, to not have photo ID, they're forced to issue gay gay marriage licenses, all these BS rights. Well, self-defense is an unalienable right. It's a natural right that pre- predated the Constitution. This is what we're going to celebrate on July 4th, natural rights from God. Sam Adams always said it's the right to life, liberty, and property and the right to defend those. So, I mean, there's a lot of legislative ideas I could think of tomorrow we could do to fight back on guns. And at least if we're going to focus on the shooting all day instead of focusing on policy, let's make this the focus. Let's use that momentum. I mean, the left always uses a tragedy. They never, they never, you know, miss an opportunity to use a tragedy to their advantage. Evidently, our side is milking this for all they could get rhetorically, so he may as well get the policy outcome. But anyway, I, I want to talk about this point with the courts. I mean, the courts are obviously. I, I, I hope to have a piece on this within the next week. The courts are out of control. The courts are actually subpoenaing a blogger from Powerline Blog, someone just like me, who evidently, among other conservative media figures, met with Trump. They're subpoenaing the notes from his meeting in the case about the so-called travel ban. And and the attorney in the Washington state case is saying that Judge Robart authorized that subpoena. Could you imagine a judge saying that you must divulge? So not only do the judges control immigration, something they don't control, not only are the judges creating a right to immigrate, but they're creating a, a right to demand that people who are not a party to the litigation submit any notes on the rhetoric that Trump used. I mean, that is nuts. Heck, if we're going to have a civil war, that's something to have a civil war over. That's got to be shut down tomorrow, but no one in Congress is talking about that. And by the way, the courts created judicial amnesty, a Georgia judge said that Trump cannot, you know, there was one guy, they revoked his dreamer status, they're deporting him, so you can't deport a dreamer. I'm not kidding. What's in legislation, which is the um, power of a president to set the refugee cap, that they're taking out. What's not in, what's what's against legislation, they're codifying. The DREAM Act is now a piece of legislation, which, by the way, is why it's so terrible that Trump is continuing DACA. The courts are codifying it. He needs to get rid of it. But nobody's talking about that. It's funny. There was some major rally on the fifth anniversary today of DACA. I actually think it is the anniversary of it. Um, and, you know, the left was going nuts over it. <laughs> the irony lost on them. Again, they have their own idolatry. Is that Trump didn't get rid of it. He's, he's st- stepping on the gas. Issued a couple thousand more than even Obama did last quarter. But the courts are killing us. Everything the courts do, we just obsequiously listen to. Like doorknobs. A marriage is not a marriage anymore. We're changing natural law, ordained by God. No one even puts up a, a you know, obstacle. You know, like make the um, county officials kind of scarce. 
you know what I mean? The backlog of gay marriage licenses, not do it so much. Oh, there's a right for Somalis to immigrate. There you go. Right away, bring in 1,500 refugees a week. We just collapse. But yet when we finally get a court ruling that's favorable to us, that's rooted in the Constitution, on something that's blatantly there, like the right to carry, like you had in the D.C. District Court a year ago, guess what? No one's getting a driver's license. Guess what? From what I'm hearing, I don't have all the details. If you guys know more about this, shoot me an email. Basically, what the D.C. government did is they appointed one official to issue the driver's the uh, gun permits, but they're, that guy's making every person have an appointment with him. See, what they're doing is, so, okay, you have a right to get a dry, uh, uh, carrier's permit. But, you know, the courts didn't see all the parameters. So they'll go right up to the line and even cross the line and put up barriers. Okay. Why don't we do the same? Limit it to that case or controversy. Okay, I'll give it to you. I'll give that gay marriage license to you. I'll allow you to immigrate. But create barriers to everything else. The left is showing us how it's done. But again, Congress could fight back against that tomorrow. Congress could fight back against that tomorrow. So why not direct all this outrage into something positive and finally, you know, how about this? For in honor of the 241st anniversary of signing of the Declaration of Independence for July 4th, let's actually solidify that unalienable right of self-defense and let's, let's pass constitutional carry. Where is everyone? The problem we have is, like I said, the leadership in the so-called conservative movement and conservative media, and I don't want to call Fox News conservative media, but it's there. And by the way, I've turned down a lot of opportunities to go on Fox, some of these big you know, radio shows. I just don't want to talk about this nonsense. I'm just not going to do it. But you know how much substance we could, we could uh, focus people on? How many good ideas, the ideas we put out here at CR and how achievable many, many of these ideas are. And, and ironically, if we don't do them, we're going to lose anyway. I mean, this is all about winning, right? What's so frustrating is you, know, you have the opportunity to speak to the better instincts of people or to speak to the more negative instincts of people. And I think intuitively, our base of uh, you know Republican voters are upset about what's going on with the social transformation. They might not know how to articulate it, but all the things that we observe with great specificity are bothering them. But rather than the conservative leadership and the conservative media harnessing that towards a positive direction, they just misdirect them on nonsense. So they don't even know what's going on. Again, why would you know all the things that we're pointing out? You know, <clears throat> just this past week, the Daily Caller is a great article actually on this. So we'll link to it in the show notes with our own DOD, our own Pentagon. I mean, under Republican control is forcing soldiers into transgender sensitivity training. I mean, that would be the equivalent of under President Obama, them forcing soldiers to undergo some sort of training in combating Sharia law. You know, our agenda. How does this happen on our watch? Because nobody is keeping watch. We're all focused on nonsense. 
it's sad because I think a lot of these ideas would resonate with our people and and not just base Republican voters. I think a lot of new voters, if we only spoke to them instead of, instead of focusing on this vicious cycle race to the bottom of tit for tat, you did this. So I'm going to do this, the Hatfields and the McCoys, and we forget even what we're fighting about. And meanwhile, we, you know, continue the policies of the people we're supposedly fighting. You're not going to win by fighting the media. The media is not on the ballot. They're, they're, I mean, it's just, it's not going to cut it. I mean, I mean, it's just a dumb strategy. You know, I, I, I think back to, um, you know, something that really, really, really bothered me. I mean, just tremendously. And, and, and you know, sometimes I'm stuck in my own bu- bubble. I think many of us are because we're in a bubble of truth. Uh, those of you that listen to me, a lot of you spend a lot of time independently researching this, focusing on what's going on. You know what's going on. But your average, even conservative in this country, they know broadly how they feel, but they don't know what's going on. And if you don't really know what's going on, you can't know how you feel. <laughs> you don't know what to be outraged about. <laughs> if you don't even know what the courts are doing to you, you don't know what to be outraged about. If you don't know what's going on in our foreign policy, if you don't know what's going on with health care and the debt ceiling and spending and every issue, you don't know what to be outraged about. Over over the weekend, I uh, we had a little training seminar on tactical shooting with some you know retired Baltimore County SWAT team officials. Really cr- crust of the earth guys, best guys around. I mean, retired law enforcement conservatives. Some of them knew of me or heard of me. And like, man, Daniel, you got to tell Mark Levin he's he's the greatest for standing up for law enforcement. Um, and, you know, and they loved everything. But I, I don't think they follow exactly what I do very closely and, you know, read everything I do, everything I put out. So one guy said to me, you know, yeah, I'm hardcore. You know, I get my wife to watch Fox News. And I'm like, oh, man. You know, and that's the problem. Everyone perceives that that's where you go. And, and it's just it, it takes the minds and hearts and values of our people that are inherently good and it just tosses it in the garbage. That's why we need to grab the bull by the horns and force our agenda, force them to talk about what is important, what we could win. And you kill two birds with one stone. You actually fight back against the left wing violence. And what better way than getting guns into the hands of our people Um and you actually accomplish something for the voters and you gin up our voters and maybe have a crying chance of, of winning the midterm elections. But uh, but no, I mean, I'm just as, as I'm talking, I'm reading a CQ article here, how they, they plan to co- totally fold on the budget and, and, and the debt ceiling, which, by the way, we're, we're going to hell in a handbasket fiscally, no matter what fiscally we're gone, which is why I need you guys to get your free information kit on investing in gold. Go to birchgold.com forward slash CR. There's no better time to invest than now, especially for a long-term investment. Um, I mean, gold's a little bit higher than it was before, but there was somewhat of a correction over the past two years. This is a good time to buy. And uh, again, it's free kit, no obligation, birchgold.com forward slash CR. It's a 16-page guide revealing how gold and silver can protect your savings. Support our other sponsors. Get your CRTV subscription so you could see me go like a nutcase on Steve Dace's show. Promo code Horowitz for your $10 off that. We'll speak to you next week, guys. Hopefully everyone stays safe. Make sure if you, if you are in a free state, carry, carry, carry. God bless y'all. God bless y'all.